Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our fantastic patrons. If you love this show and you want more of it, the best way to show us your support is to go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and check out all the great reward tiers we have over there. If you feel like this show brings you more value than like the price of a cup of coffee over the course of a month, like if you listen to it multiple times or anything like that, then it would really mean a lot to us for you to check it out. Pick one of the reward tiers that means something to you and and make a, make a pledge. Uh, it's once a month. You can cancel at any time. And We're coming towards the start of a new month where if you pledge on the 2nd, uh, you're not charged until the following 1st. So like if you pledge on November 2nd, we won't charge you until December 1st, which is my birthday. So like think about that as you're making the pledge. Um, But yes, it's a great way. Like if you're like, I don't know if I'm going to get value out of these things, then you can you can try it out. If you don't like it, you leave and no harm, no foul. Uh, But yeah, go ahead and check it out. Patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Thank you so much for those of you who do donate. And uh, let's get on with the show. Howdy, Oaks, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Garland. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're mining spice. Or maybe we're just assuming our destiny is the Kwisat Zatarak. So use the voice. And praise Shai Halud. Because today we're bringing you... Dude! Dune was directed by Denny Villeneuve. Dennis Villeneuve. Nope. Uh, came See, out- that's why that's why I wrote it out for you. That's why I wrote it out for you. I was right the second time. No, came you out- were wrong the second time. You were right the first time. Uh-huh. Like Billy Joel a- once said, get it right the first time. You mean Billy Joel? Dune <laughs> was released on October 22nd, 2021, which is just five days ago. Uh, it had a $165 million budget. So far, has made $223.2 million at the global box office. 40 of those million dollars came at the American box office, uh, but it is streaming on HBO Max. So that's a very impressive number. I also don't 84- think that includes uh, today. No, that in- that's open. It might weekend. just be Sunday. Yeah, through Sunday. Uh, 84% critic rating, 91% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 74 on Metacritic. Uh, Ethan, do you have a positive or negative negative? I have a negative review, review here from Richard Brody at uh, the New York Times, wherever Richard Brody, the New Yorkers, the New York Magazine. The New Yorker. The New, New Yorker. Yorker. Yeah. Uh, Richard Brody says, The movie's stripped-down material world correlates with a stripped-down emotional one. Narrow, facile, and unambiguous. And I picked I that uh, review from Richard Brody, um... Because like the world created by Frank Herbert in the the famous sci-fi book Dune, uh, it's full of absolute nonsense words designed to make somebody sound smart and superior. Yes. It also is not filled with enough words. I was very annoyed by how little dialogue there is in this. Like, I get it. Somebody sat Dennis Villanueva down. Hey, hey, Tyler, I have not yet asked for your opinions. I would like to know what a professional critic said about this movie first so we can get into the the meat and potatoes of this show. Fortunately... This is one of the first like proper blockbusters we've done in a while where both Richard Brody and Peter Rayner both have a recorded review. Peter so, Rayner from the Christian Science Monitor. Peter Rayner from the Christian Science Monitor said, I admire any director who is able to create a self-contained world on such a scale, but this is an epic for the eye, not the heart. Rating three out of five. So it is a positive review. It gets into that positive review column, but it... Uh, 
I would say is more negative than positive. Uh, I've got a list review here from uh, the Mighty Toothless, who says 89 out of 100. Phenomenal cinematography, amazing score. Pacing was a bit slow, but that can be forgiven because of Villeneuve's fantastic vision. And I have another listener review here from Casey the Space Poet, who says 87 out of 100. Spaceships. <laughs> I have one from uh, Liam 2.0 who says 60 out of 100 the editing felt somewhat juvenile in the cutting and pacing the world building didn't bore me but the performances from everyone apart from the very lead actors did also i respect Dil- dennis dennis a lot uh, but a lot of visual styles was plucked directly from arrival and am i the only one who can't stand timothy chalamet yes liam yes, i'm sorry chalamet. to inform you you are the only one maybe in the world that I've cannot been, stand like, timothy chalamet i like timothy chalamet and everything i've seen him in i was sold on timothy chalamet in this okay does that make sense zero zero out of 100 tyler zero out of 100 let's just get it let's get into it let's get into it. this is a big movie it's a long movie it's full of stuff let's get into it 79 79 yeah uh, uh tell me about that real quick um, I like it a lot. I think that on rewatch, I will see a lot that I missed. And when there's a full series of these, it will be one of the greats. But as it stands right now, it feels very incomplete and like it judged me a lot. And it also felt like I was promised Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars. But what I was given was 300 meets Rocky. And I just didn't love that aspect of it. Not really getting your meaning there, but uh what are you talking about? They were like, "Oh, this is the greatest sci-fi epic of all time." It's like sci-fi Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, that's which not. I'm not mind, talking about the Rocky thing. I don't. Okay, but then uh, okay, you don't get the Rocky thing where it not, was like, "We're gonna take a scrappy group of people and we're gonna pit them up against a big bad group of people, and they're gonna go to the Sand Planet and mine spite." Like, dude, it was so they're not scrappy. They're known to be the greatest warriors in the galaxy. Except for the big bad Russians. I mean, the big bad other people that were already there in Saudi Arabia. I mean, Arrakis. Like, it was so, so Cold War, so smacked well, you in the face 19, with it. 1965, so. I am well yeah. aware. It um, just smacked you right in the face with it. And, like, the result of Dune, like, there's so many clear... Watching Dune and... and, and, and familiarizing myself with the story and with the writing style and with the characters and the world building you can see inspirations of dune in so many other works like so much of star wars makes sense so much of sanderson's writing makes sense so much of everything that you see comes from dune and i love when i get to like experience a work like that um and i'm a big fan of like pre-moon landing sci-fi so this is right up my alley uh, no, see, I don't think it is, actually. But I like, like pre-moon landing sci-fi on our solar system. Yeah, that's I where like, I like my hard science prediction. Okay, so so this is a <laughs> this is a flat 75 out of 100, right? Um, yeah. I don't like... The, they're supposed to be subjective scores, right? Like, the bacon and egg scores. But, like, I kind of have to rubric this one, is the problem. Just in my own brain. Because this movie truly scores top marks on everything except story. It it uh, Yeah, it hits top marks on everything except X-Factor, which it desperately desperately need it's not it's not even x-factor x-factor would make it like 125 yes. out of 100 this is a 75 out of 75 right like yeah this this achieved maximum score of 75 right like it's as good as visuals it possibly visuals be. perfect uh acting perfect writing great original story content non-existent don't care yeah. at all um yeah at all i have never ever 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 understood why people get so freaking pressed about this book series and its adaptations i saw the david lynch version i've seen it more than once it's fine this is also 
fine, right? Like it's big, dude. It's, it's big. So yeah, it's, big. It, this is this is one of my favorite movies ever, and I fucking hated it. If that makes any sense, like I know exactly what you mean. I like, love that this movie exists because they made something like this on honestly what is a shoestring budget for this type of movie. One hundred sixty-five million dollars. Yeah, to create a planet. This is that's three Hunger Games. That's it. That's nothing. That's nothing for this type of movie. You could make you could make this three times for what they made like a uh, uh, Pirates Four on. Yeah, and w- so well, that was the most expensive movie ever for like a long time until right. Endgame. But for what reason? <laughs> no reason whatsoever. Um, but on the flip side of that, like the movie has, I think it's missing. What's the word people use? Heart is yeah. what people it, say. It has no is no like like it has no heart it has no levity it's just it's so serious all the time so serious all the time but i do get the like where this movie failed this is going to be an unpopular opinion and i'm really scared to say it because i think people are going to miss what i'm trying to say but where this movie fails there's another movie with exactly the same plot that thrives and has heart but it misses a lot of what this has yeah but it has stunning visuals do you know what movie i'm talking about no avatar oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. exact same thing absolutely so there are two versions well this this is about from what i understand this is about 40 percent of the book captured in this movie so dune part two is greenlit as of this morning by the way oh that's good i didn't i didn't think there was a question to that i still don't think there's a question is the thing um because nobody knew it was supposed to be dune part one until it came out on Friday, right? Like he he hid that one very well, uh, and then yeah. and then was, released it think, as Dune Part One. I and here's my thing: I think they filmed them back to back and are just I, it's lying about it. Yeah, the, and they're like, ah, oh, slated for October 2023, and then like next, you know, August, they're gonna be like, surprise, October 2022, Dune Part Two, October first. Let's go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. So uh, there are two two versions, extant versions of this movie. There's the David Lynch version, which is um hated by fans of the book. Um. And it's like, it's, it's kind of dumb. It's kind of campy, but like not in a Star Wars way, more in like, it's like Galaxy Quest, right? Yeah. 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 But more serious than that. Like it, it's, it's, it's a sincere movie, right? Like it's not satire. What's the one that they always do in biology class? Gattaca? Gattaca. It's like Gattaca's that, not right? campy. No, Gattaca falls more, more toward this than, than Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I've, Gattaca, every time it showed up in biology class or whatever, I had to like miss a day of school. So I've seen bits and pieces. Gattaca, but never... despite being a movie that we watched in school, Gattaca is a legitimately good film. Yeah, I'm um, not denying that. I, I, I know, like, I've been in film circles long enough to know that Gattaca is Right, but good. like, a lot of the movies we watched in school were trash, right? Right. Like, dumb movies. Anyway, what I didn't realize, cause I, what I didn't realize until I saw this movie is how much George Lucas whole hog stole from this book series yeah he just, was like just I, he, I guarantee you he sat down in 1975 or whenever to write star wars and was like man if they were gonna make dune into a book or a movie they would have already done it by now so i'm just gonna steal <laughs> if, it i'm just gonna if take Han it solo was gonna smuggle something right. what would it be spice if, if luke if i had a gospel if writer I had to pick for a, a different main name <laughs> For, for one of the Gospels, for my main character. I guess the go- there's no Paul Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. But uh, Paul's a big character. If I <laughs> if you had to pick a... Sorry, not a Gospel, a different Apostle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Luke. Yeah, we'll go with that. And where's he from? Desert planet. And what's on that desert planet? Drugs and worms. Uh, yeah. 
Although it ends up being like crate dragons and uh, sarlacc pits. But like, what's a sarlacc pit but a low budget worm? Oh yeah, no, the sarlacc absolutely is just a shy halud. Yeah. Um, I like the worms. I'm in on that. Oh, I'm yeah, in on yeah, the yeah. worms. The, the, the at, worms um, being like relatively chill is like a very interesting plot twist in the original movie. What like, I the, like the about- The worms being like controllable, like y- useful. Yeah. But what I love about the worms in general is that they are this like, they give character to the fact that it's a desert planet beyond just like, man, living on a desert planet would suck. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. really- set the landscape is like oh it's not just a desert planet imagine you could walk on the ocean and giant squids tried to eat you. right and i i love that like it and also the giant squids controlled the tides and they changed things like i love that they have this impact on the on the planet and on the land and it's not just living in the desert would be hot and water would be valuable it's it's a very interesting because like the, the Star Wars: A New Hope is just this this book, this movie, like almost Disneyfied, right? Like almost like family friendly a little bit. Not that like Star Wars is like a kid movie or whatever, but just like everything is like kind of watered down in a positive way. Yeah. Because like this, the, I can't even imagine what the first page of this book is like. It I has to find out. It I has have to it right over there. <laughs> yeah. It, it, there can't be a single like legible word on the first page. No, this is. It's so heavy. There's a very fine line in the world of sci-fi where this is why I like terrestrial. Terrestrial? What's the word we use for the sci-fi in our galaxy? I can't remember. But like, this is why I like sort of rooted in reality sci-fi is because this is fantasy on another planet. You know, this is if there was a prologue to Lord of the Rings where Tolkien says... Middle Earth is not regular Earth. It's a different planet. It's not even that, though, because, like, at the beginning, and honestly, I would have taken either or, right? I would have taken either a, you know, 10-minute exposition scene where they explained to me about Arrakis's version of Sauron and who mm-hmm. House Atreides was, or I would have taken, like, a title crawl that is, like, <laughs> House Harkonnen, House Atreides have been at war for centuries in the galaxy, over control of the Spice Mines. Like, you have to do one or the other. And they were just like, we're going to let Zendaya be spooky. I'll tell you what. I wanted her to be a character in this movie I'll so I'll tell you bad. what. I want her out of the next movie. Really? Yeah. Took me out of it immediately. She's the only person I didn't like. Really? Legitimately through the whole cast. I thought everybody was brilliant. And then she starts talking and I'm just like, mm, nope, you're just Zendaya. You didn't think when Jason Momoa showed up? No, I thought Jason Momoa's Duncan Idaho was fantastic, actually. When I Jason really did. Mom- when Jason Momoa showed up and then they started doing the Wonder Woman music, I was like, nah, I don't know about all they this. They didn't do that, though. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did like the... the the like Hi-ya! every time Jason Momoa was on That's, the screen. They did that a lot in the movie, and I don't think Wonder Woman either invented or has claimed to that type of music. And I would tread carefully with what more you say about it. It was like a meme when what was the movie she was in? Came, I guess Justice League. It was the Zack Snyder Justice League, where like every time she showed up, they played the same music. Okay, that's how most they, of the mo- these these superhero movies work. <laughs> I know, but it was the same like. Pained grunt music. It wasn't a thing. No, man, that would have been awesome. Um, this was. Let's just. We're just. I'm just talking about stuff right now because, like, I again, I have no real earthly clue what happened in this movie. Um, I I don't really either. It's just endless exposition. You at least saw it in a. Oh, I, and I'm, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, and this is going to lead into the point that I was talking about. So I didn't see it in IMAX, because we don't have an IMAX around here. Um, you didn't see it around here. You saw it 45 minutes away. There's that's there's not an IMAX there either. Huh. But I saw it in like the Regal RPX, Yeah, which has like the Dolby Atmos with the speakers in the chairs. Um, I'm deaf now. I can't hear anymore. <laughs> I, see, I, I may never recover. 
from this movie. I almost watched it on my iPhone, and then I was like, that's excessive. That's <laughs> you excessive. You can't go that small with dude. That's excessive. Uh, yeah. No, because it is a it is a big movie, right? Like it is I mean, it's a visual big. feast, right? Like the, this 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 dude, this team, I will trust them to make any blockbuster, right? Like I don't have any issue with the acting or the writing or the casting or the scripting or the directing or a, a, anything. I just don't care about the story, right? Like I don't none of these characters are interesting to me whatsoever. <laughs> I just don't know, like, what is Paul going to do? Fusro da his way into this group? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Is that it? He is the, the Kwisat Satarak. He is Jesus, okay? Right. He's no, I Jesus. Think, I think he's Brigham Young. It's got to be a Mormon thing, I don't right? think so. You don't think? No. You, well, I guess he's, because I guess if we're going with the, like, I don't know. It's, so he must be Jesus, right? Because they're on the desert planet. He's, yeah, yeah no, 60s. he's Jesus. Okay. He has to die so that the Kwisat Satarak can rise. Right, like if I'm not mistaken, Jason Momoa has call, already the died. The second book is called Dune: Colon Messiah. <laughs> He's Jesus. Have you seen? Um, I don't know how to tell you this. The third one, Jesus Christ Superstar. What? Have you seen the third installment, Jesus no, Christ Superstar? No. I'll tell you though, this is not where I expected the Twilight franchise to go at all. <laughs> oh, because we're reviewing, we're reviewing it. Twilight, yeah. The third Twilight movie was really weird. It took place on a whole different sand planet. 8,000 years in the future, in where they still have Idaho for some reason. Duncan, Idaho. I'll tell you. I, it, that that took me out of it more than anything. It was freaking Frank Herbert being like. And I'll tell you, because all week I've seen people be like, why do both Frank Herbert and George Lucas have to give their their uh, their main protagonists such like bland white boy names? And I'm like, Paul Atreides is not the name you should have an issue with in Dune. It's Duncan it's Idaho. Duncan Idaho. Paul Atreides. There's there's some really poor named right here. Like Paul, the Atreides family, very clearly. Uh, the United States, like, of treaties. That's what we would think in the 60s of the U.S. And then there's another character named, like, I-Bad. What? It's very very briefly introduced at the beginning of the movie. I only know because I was watching it with subtitles. There's a character named I-Bad. Huh. Like, I-B-A-D. Boy, I would have killed for some subtitles. Yeah. Boy, oh, I would have killed for some subtitles in that theater. Or a game changer. Uh, subtitles have been added in, in something like 1,400 theaters uh, with, like, regular showings. I doubt we get it here. But um, that's a very exciting news. You yeah, can, no, absolutely. I would, I would go to those. I would gladly go to those showings. I would have loved that last night. Uh, um, so I watched it on my television. Yeah, and you said you're deaf. I was riding the remote control. There was because all those like serious scenes where there's no music and they were doing the like interstellar thing where there's yeah. you know, it, like it's just quiet. Like they would still be whispering, and then on the loud scenes, it was crazy loud. I'll tell you, whenever they did the voice and 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 it just rumbled straight out of my own ass <laughs> in that theater chair, like I would love you to go it? back and watch uh, uh, Venom in one of those theaters. I think I would die. Like whenever the I, Venom uh, voice starts coming straight up from under my sack, like that would freak <laughs> me out, man. I don't think you could pay me to watch Venom again. Yeah, I don't think so. I haven't even seen uh, the the sequel, and I don't plan no, to. Me, me neither. I know that there's a post credit scene that like links Eddie Brock to the MCU, and I'm I'm very upset about it. Um, yeah. So uh, I I love I I don't love this movie, right? Like, uh, but I love that this movie exists. Just it pushes so many boundaries for like the the blockbuster, right? It, it, it's because it's 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 a direct. I think both a direct response and and an. Uh, almost like an antithesis to what Marvel is doing. Because this is not Marvel in any way, right? Like, this is... Well, it's every superhero in 
Star Wars actor well, from true, the past true. 10 yeah. years. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, this is an audition tape for Timothy Chalamet to play Harry Osborne if I've ever seen one. I don't think he needs an audition tape anymore. <laughs> no, I, I, predict, just... I predict to you in a couple years that um, the best actor for or the the Academy Award for best actor in, in a in a dramatic role or whatever will go to Timothy Chalamet simply because he's the only person nominated. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one doing this level of drama. Yeah, he's the only person doing movies. I'm sorry, he was in two movies that came out on Friday, and one of them was Dune. Yeah, and the other one was something. The other else. was a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, you don't see been... that very often. No, no. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, Timothy Chalamet was great. Uh, maybe, maybe just I, you know, I, I don't think he could have done any better in any possible way. Like, I loved his portrayal as Paul Atreides um, because, like, Kyle MacLachlan in the David Lynch version, Kyle MacLachlan from Twin Peaks, played Paul Atreides, and he was the absolute weak link in that cast. Like, he was so, so bad in that movie. And he's the main character, right? Like, your main character isn't supposed to be bad at acting. That's sort right. of like a cardinal rule of, of movies. Well, okay, but let's counterpoint. Have you seen Star Wars? I have. No offense, Mark Hamill. Oh, Mark Mark Hamill looks like Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker looks like a like a trained Shakespearean noble next to to Kyle MacLachlan as Paul Atreides. I think Luke was dealt a bad hand because I don't think Mark did a bad job or Hayden for that matter. Mark did better, but when you put Mark next to Harrison and it's like, man, he's so good. Well, and like. <laughs> Again, dialogue has never quite been been old George Lucas's strength. I, is that true for everything? Like, is that true for like American Graffiti? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, I mean, American Graffiti is a little bit. American Graffiti doesn't have to sell you on anything, right? Like, right. That's a movie about teenagers like racing in hot America. rods. Yeah, in America, not on Tatooine. Right. Um. But no, I, I love a- this. Is I love this movie exists. Like, it pushes the boundary in so many ways for what a blockbuster movie can be in the age of movies that make a billion dollars, right? Uh, like, cause this is so, this is this is technical perfection, right? It, it is, they put an all-star cast together and it almost never felt weird, right? Like Josh Brolin being involved in the minor level that he was didn't feel weird. No, I thought Josh Brolin was a highlight of this. Cause oh, I Josh- was like, well, but that's the thing is, I think everybody's a highlight of it, right? Because I look, I look at Oscar Isaac and he did fantastic. I look at, at Josh Brolin and he did fantastic. And, uh, um, Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård, Javier Bardem, and um, the woman that plays uh, Dr. Kynes is phenomenal. Like, everybody just crushed it. I just, they're not interesting. <laughs> they're not and interesting maybe, characters. Maybe it's, maybe we've been spoiled with things like the MCU and Star Wars where, you know, we've been enjoying these characters and these stories for 20 some odd years. Um, you know what I mean? Like, will we get to a point where it's like, it's really hard to buy into Dune because when an MCU movie comes out, I'm familiar with at least something to do with this. But when Dune comes out, it has to sell me on everything. I have a, just, just based on what I've seen so far about people reviewing both of these properties, they got a fairly similar score. Um, I think Dune does what? a better job of selling me on Duke, Leto, Atreides than, than, uh, Eternals is going to do on selling me on Kumail Nagiani. Uh, yeah, I think Eternals is going to be rough. Yeah, just because it faces the same problem, right? Where it's like it's it's separate from everything the MCU is doing. It's all new characters, and that's and that's ten of them. And there's yeah, there's a bunch of them. But it's the same way I felt about this movie, though. Like, right? I I cared because because you you get to know him and and you go through it. Like, I cared when Duncan Idaho died, right? I didn't really care when like Gurney Halleck died. That's that's Who's Josh Gurney Brolin. Halleck? Oh, he died. I, I mean, no. <laughs> but you're supposed to think he's dead. I guess when he like. I think the last thing I saw was he stepped out of the building and was like, everyone to the, if it has guns, get it in the air. And I think that's the last thing I remember seeing. See, here's the thing, right? It's because they're trying to pretend, they, they ended the movie trying to pretend like that dude's dead and like a bunch of stuff happened or didn't happen, right? 
But also, this movie kind of punishes you for not reading the book. Well, it should. I think this one should. I don't. I know. I I disagree. I don't think any movie should punish you for not reading the book. That's the wrong way to go about it. If you have to leave because they left they left stuff out of character backstories, right? Because there were holes. There were huge gaping holes. The same way that that Crimes of Grindelwald had. This is better than Crimes. No, of Grindelwald I'm not saying it's not. I'm category. not saying it's the same level as Crimes of Grindelwald. I'm saying that we go from Paul being worried about Duncan going to uh, Arrakis without him, right? Because he's afraid Duncan's going to die and he thinks he can help. And then right. five minutes later. Paul is on Arrakis and Duncan's fine. There's there's something missing out of that because the the original movie, which is only one movie that covered the entire book, spent the first hour on Caladan. We spent like 30 minutes on Caladan in this two and a half hour movie that wouldn't end. So long. So freaking. When they were like, oh, it's part one. I was like, maybe I will get some relief here. Maybe it'll be two hours. The problem, the problem with this being part one is like, you can't, you can't do Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows part one first. You have to do Sorcerer's Stone. Right. Can you imagine young Paul as like this jovial character and we deal with that for like seven years and then we get this movie? It just needed to be an HBO series or a Netflix series or an HBO Max series or a Hulu series, right? Like, I'm not saying it can't be a movie, right? But it like this story demands detail, detail. It demands that sort of pacing because I don't feel like I know Duncan Idaho. I don't really feel like I know Paul Atreides. I, I, I know the mother, uh, Jessica, more than I did from the original movie. Um... And she was fantastic. I, uh, I don't know what I was. I kept expecting Jessica to die because uh, in all of his visions, which I think they're visions, uh, it was just him and Zendaya. So I kept expecting them to like, you know, land with uh, people. I think, I mean, I think this is a, a willful misdirect on the yeah, part of the writer. Yeah, I think he kind of sees the future like Alice Cullen sees the future. Where, like, that doesn't help me. Things can change it. Right. Um, oh, right. I, I forgot that much. you haven't watched all five movies and read four books since the last time we talked about Twilight. Yeah, that doesn't. You should do, you I should mean, interface I, with the Twilight series more. Uh, you know, I might. It's, you know, I'll watch the movies. No, nah, you should uh, read the books. Uh, hey, I Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Me as the biggest asshole and skeptic you know in your entire life. They're real good, man. We're wrong. We've been wrong. We've been very wrong. I I had a feeling we would They're be. real good. Uh, I'm not like against reading them because of some like high and mighty. I'm too good to read the Twilight books. I just really slowed down my reading, and now I kind of know what Dune's about, so I'm going to try to read that. I probably will not. I will read Dune before the next movie comes out. I probably will not read it until, like, January, just because it's so long, and I can't really afford that kind of uh, hit to my pace. pace. disruption? Yeah. I see. I've given up on pace, and I've spent, like, three weeks straight on the same Mistborn book. Well... I, uh, I just read four Twilight that, books, and they're all pretty long. As, well, yeah. As soon as I finish that, I'm going to pick up The Way of Kings and read that 30-hour audiobook. I finally got to the point where I'm comfortable reading these insanely long fantasy books, and I'm going to embrace that feeling. Yeah, that's fair. Um, also, if 30 hours is not long for you, dear listener, we are on different levels. We are we consume media differently. Yeah, it would be cool if there was like a good Dune audiobook. Yeah, the they're one all abridged. On, the one, yeah, the one on Audible is abridged, and it's just Paul, from what I understand. I don't, I, I haven't listened to it, obviously. Um, I know, and I think there's a full cast one. Full cast is almost always all abridged. They usually don't have somebody sitting there saying he said, she said. Sure, they do. He said. Sometimes they do, but. I would most of the t- for, full cast audiobook. I would say more often than not has that. You think? Yeah. Hmm. If it's not like dramatized, I always assume it's going to be dramatized if it's full cast. I I try to if I can avoid it. Uh, try not to listen to multiple narrators because it also leaves chance that somebody's going to be a bad narrator. I uh I really stand by the full cast American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Um, that one's 
completely. It's actually like less abridged than most text versions. Have you read American Gods this year? I've listened to it. You have? Yeah. I've never read it on paper, actually. Me neither. I haven't ever read it at all. I mean, I've I listened to it listening probably to like it. 10 times. But I've never, I've I, never read uh, it on paper. I want to do that. I, but have you, this is, this is my brief book question and we'll get back to Dune. Um, are there any books you've read this year that you already want to read again? Lots. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, if I wasn't doing the reading challenge, I probably would have read, um, what's it called? Uh, the Name of the uh, Wind, like, immediately after finishing The Wise Man's Fear. Really? Yeah, like, I probably would have gone straight back through both of them, because I know I missed so many things. I, yeah, I, I, I'm afraid to even go on to Wise Man's Fear, because I finished Name of the Wind, like, eight months ago. Yeah, no, you, you can't. I'm certain I have to start from scratch again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's, I don't know if I could even name them all. Like, I'd, I'd literally have to go through my Goodreads. I'm, I'm at 138 for the year. So, like, I, there are definitely ones that I I've very much am excited to, like, pick back up. Um, I, haven't, you gonna ha- I haven't really been disappointed by anything that I have, like, purchased on paper so far this year, which is cool. Have you read everything you purchased on paper? Like, even, like, used bookstore books? No, but I'm close. Really? Yeah. Man, I organized my shelf the other day, and I'm at, like, maybe 30% of shelf read. Um, if we're not counting, uh giant gold bound novelty books then i i don't think you have to read those yeah I, i'm just but they're on the shelf right like right so i'm probably i would say like when it comes to like anthologies like i have that sherlock holmes anthology i'm just straight up not going to read i'm probably that. 75 to 80 percent of of shelf read dang yeah. i uh so i buy typically if i go to the bookstore and this is not a hard and fast rule by any means. I go plenty of times and don't do this. But typically, if I go to the bookstore, I will buy a Star Wars book. Canon or not, typically canon, uh, like new canon, yeah. I will buy a Star Wars book. And I have not read most of those. Well, so it, in addition to this, like, uh, you know, I bought the bookshelves that I have in March. So like, I will say, hold on, this is exciting. I will say this. I do have first edition Empire Strikes Back paperback that's cool yeah that's very cool yeah i'm um, pretty proud of that one and i have han solo's revenge in first edition that's very cool yeah. um so i've i've you know for this this reading competition i have purchased a lot of like new paperbacks mm-hmm. and like many of them never made it home before they got read that's wild like i would go to i did this for a while i did this for like like eight straight books where i would like go to barnes and noble in the morning buy a book go like sit outside somewhere and read it all of it and then go home and put it on the shelf. I but that so was getting, and, and, and you know what? That feeling never got old. I believe it. I think uh, I have a copy of Angels and Demons, which is one of the few longer paperbacks that I've read this year. Uh, it's like 500 pages. I think that classifies as yeah, longer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a very quick read. It's a very easy read. But because... I read it on paper like the spine is just cracked so perfectly and like yeah there is nothing more satisfying than finishing a long-ish book and putting it on your shelf but now I have so many paperbacks that I'm like I audible credits will build up and I'll be like oh I want to read this and it's on my shelf I'll just listen to it but I don't want to because I want to get the nice right. cracks <laughs> I just finished uh, Twilight Breaking Dawn as a like original first edition hardback and if I never have to do that again I'm cool with that like if I never have to read a 750 page hardback <laughs> hardback book ever again I'm cool with that. Right. Like, do you, you go home and you pick up your, your Deathly Hallows book and you're like, God, this no, sucks. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Done with that. Please. I, uh, like, can I get the, uh, can I get the, like, the, the, whatever, can it, can they do the Game of Thrones thing where they put them all in, like, tiny Bibles, but for Harry Potter? Yes. <laughs> I, uh, it was before she said everything turf like, but I bought, like, a box of paperbacks and I was like, these are my reading copies. Yeah. I will read from these. Yeah. I want the cheapest possible paperback. Of that. Yeah. I do have uh Sorcerer's Stone as a mass market paperback. Very proud of that one. Yeah. I am a I am a full fully become a paperback supremacist. Like I, I fully believe in the paperback. But what looks better on your shelf? Um 
I mean, I just have so many paperbacks at this point that like they, it makes sense. I don't I know. With that. But also, I I, like my shelf guy. is not my shelves are not organized in any way. No, not particularly. My, no, mine were. And then I took everything down to separate between like red and unread. And then uh, I got distracted and I just came back from vacation where my mother-in-law was staying at my house watching my dogs. And she just put every book back on the shelf. So if they're organized, I, I don't know how. They are. My books are organized uh, by aesthetic, but not color. I, I don't like the organized by color thing people have been doing. But they're like, they're also not organized by author. And like, well, I mean, they are like, I, I keep the authors that I have multiple books of next to each other, but uh -huh. not like, not in any alphabetical order. See, I typically do alphabetical order as best I can. But I also have my, I have my bookshelf set up because it's just a Billy bookshelf from Ikea, two of them that mm -hmm. I use. So like the, the shelves float in between them. It's so like, I, I have shelves of all widths. Mm. So like, they're just sort of set up randomly. Randomly in a way that sort of looks good. Where are your books? My living room. No, I don't think they are. They are. I don't think they were here the last time you were over. I was over there for Project for Awesome. Yeah, that was January. Was it really? Yeah. Have I not been there since then? No. What a world. Yeah. That's crazy. We'll have to have you over when we get the puppy. Yes, I want to meet the puppy. Also, since we last recorded a podcast... Uh, you, you no longer have a girlfriend. I, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. It's been, man, it's been a big couple weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kate and I got engaged. Woo! I think most of the people that listen to this show know that, just based on the amount of likes those posts have gotten on various social media platforms. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Maybe somebody's listening in like 10 years from now, and they're like, oh man, it was right after the engagement, they watched Dune. They watched Dune, yeah. Her and I went to see it together as a, as an engaged couple, as fiancés. Fiancé. Are you tired of the word fiancé yet, or is no, it still the best? Not really, No. No, I was very tired of the word girlfriend and boyfriend because that stopped feeling genuine at some point just because we've been together for so long. We like live together, mm -hmm. have, you know, bills together. We're getting a dog together. Um, So, yeah, I just, you know, went ahead and did the thing. So we are uh, we're getting married. That's so exciting. You have some I've exciting news, ring. too. Do I? Yeah. I went to Disney World. You have a niece. Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to share that. I'm sure I am. I'm sure they'll post it. My niece was born this week. Uh, hey, if, I, they don't, today, if they don't know, actually. if they don't know today when the podcast comes out, they'll know tomorrow when your brother's podcast comes out <laughs> because it's already been recorded and uh, edited. Yeah, my, my niece was born. Uh, beautiful little Addison Carlin. Uh, I don't know if that name's public or not. Um, I don't know her middle name. I know that. Uh, as of yesterday, uh, she didn't have one. Okay. I know that. So I don't want people to i don't want this to become a thing so listener this conversation is between us you can chuckle at it now and then we're going to move on from this thing because i know ben doesn't want it to become a thing but jonathan has a son with a star wars name in luke and i have a son with a star wars name in finn and ben has one child and we were like well you got to do the star wars thing well, he's like, well, we're doing Addison. And we're like, okay, so do the middle name. The problem is the only applicable Star Wars name for a girl is Ray. Addison Ray. And so his daughter would have been Addison Ray. <laughs> but oh, Addison was boy. immovable because it, it, the, name, the name means something. So yeah. we couldn't change that. Uh, so yeah, it would have been uh, Addison Ray. Addison. Or Addison Yaddle, I guess, would have would be the only other. Yeah. Addison Leia. Uh, yeah. See, that's the problem. It's like Padme is not like a. Yeah. This is Addison Amidala. <laughs> I will say that is that is the one thing that uh, this movie gets right is they have a Paul and a Jessica. I so disagree. I thought I was watching the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> I'm just saying. You can name your kid Jessica pretty easily. Yeah. Granted, Luke is a biblical character. So is Paul. So we were good there. Yeah. And, you know, uh, 
Yeah. So also, Finn is the cutest. Have you seen that? He kid? is. Dude, is he kid. cute? Although, take a look at Addison. She's stinking adorable. Look at this. This might be the cutest picture I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> what a bean. When are you and the missus having babies? Well, she's not I'm the missus yet. So I'm gonna go after ahead and that. apply that. I'm gonna go ahead and apply that pressure. After that. We're getting a puppy. I got puppies. Let me tell you. Puppy, baby, just, just skip to the good part. Yeah, but we already we already have, like, we're, we're signed up for the puppy already. I will say, in about 10 years, you're going to have a Bones No Bones puppy, and we're going to get to, like, determine our entire lives based on your- Based on, uh, on, on Ethan's Corgi. Ethan's Corgi. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, be the, the spiritual successor to Noodle. That is, I, don't, I think Noodle will be long since gone 10 years from now. You never know. Maybe he uh, is magic. Maybe. I'm betting not. Uh, also, if you're listening 10 years from now, do you remember that like pug thing from TikTok? That's big right also, now. Also, if you're listening two months from now, do you remember that pug thing from TikTok? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then it died? Oh, so sad. I mean, Noodle was on the Today Show, so it is definitely on the way out. Oh, yeah. That's that's killer right It's gone there. mainstream. Yep. You know, as soon as, as soon as we got Fallon interviewing Noodle and Pug, it'll be over. Oh, God. You know, Fallon interviews those mythical boys all the time. He does. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast tonight, you can sign up to listen or to watch Good Mythical Evening, the live stream from Rhett and Link where they're going to cuss. No way. Yeah. They're doing Good Mythical Evening, t- October 28th. Uh, they've been wanting to do that for so long. Yeah. It's uh, other news. It's cold here in the Star City. It is cold here in the Star City. It dropped like 15 degrees today. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. It was like like uh, when the sun was up, it was cold. Yeah, yeah, because I was at your brother's office today, and I walked over there at, like, 9.45 this morning, and I was like, hmm, nice, you know, kind of warm fall day. And I was walking home at, like, 5.15, and I was like, Jesus Christ. It's still this cold. This t-shirt is making me cold now. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Don't you hate it when wind pierces your, your clothes? Yeah, when I'm wearing just a t-shirt, and it's 54 degrees outside or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere, which I, again, I'm not complaining. It's a very short walk home. You know, these, no, it's a, these... sorry, it's a very, very long walk home. I live nowhere near the Super Carl and Rose office, which doesn't exist, and neither does my apartment. Good, 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 good. Nowhere do uh, I. Definitely not above a restaurant whose name I've mentioned before on this podcast. Good, 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 good. Um, I. In fact, I've live... moved since I said that. I know that it's crazy. I took the wall with me though. With <laughs> these doors, live... these double doors behind me, they're great. Can't hang anything on them. Fantastic. Had to bring them with me. I live in a house. That's all I'll reveal. What do you think is on my TV right Don't now? Don't dox yourself. On... Uh, <laughs> looks like college basketball. <laughs> looks like college basketball. That is what you can see is an ad for the flight attendant as well as the Ready Player One poster. It mm. is the HBO Max login screen. Interesting. Well, I can only see the little little corner there. Yeah. And it looks at the end of a basketball court. Um, I've not watched the flight attendant. I did read the flight attendant, though. Great book. Is it Kaylee Cuoco? Yes. That's how you say it. Yeah. Um. I think I've seen like an episode. I think it was like, hey, Kaylee, you're in Big Bang Theory, right? You want to try that out again? I could be wrong, though. Uh, it's very much not like that at all. No? Is no. it like, hey, Kaylee, you're like in Big if, Bang It would Theory. be like if in season, at the beginning of season two of Big Bang Theory, they woke up and they were like, yeah, by the way, um, overnight, uh, Penny killed Sheldon. <laughs> Just murdered him in cold blood. Did you? Uh, and now the cops are looking for her. Big Bang Theory. Did you watch it? Yeah, for a long time. It used to be really funny. And then it wasn't. And then it was bad. It was just it bad. Went, it went very quickly went from like, this is a funny show. You know, I enjoy it to like, if you watch this show, I think that you're trash. Yes. Uh, it didn't it like it didn't survive the way How I Met Your Mother survived. No. Uh, which is weird because How I Met Your Mother is not like, I love How I Met Your Mother to my core. It's not I great though. It to, 
It's not great. But at least it ma- remained watchable till the end of its run. Yeah. Which like, is, like is, is something last... not a lot of TV shows can say, honestly. I'd say the last 10 minutes were rough. A little, yeah, a little bit rough. But I'll forgive that, right? Like, I do forgive it. You know, I think they were doing some pandering and the network told them what they had to do and they just did it. And That I is a scarecrow. That. that is a scarecrow. Uh, Bo Barnum's big right now. If you're listening to this in 10 years, he was sing. bigger earlier in the year. Yeah, he was bigger earlier in the year, but he has maintained a, a shocking level of relevance on TikTok. Yeah, recently he went to a Phoebe Bridgers concert where Phoebe Bridgers sang one of his songs. To be fair, she's been doing that every night. Yeah, but like he didn't know that. Yeah, he definitely did. Well, either way, you got to see like audience reactions of yeah. Bo Burnham listening to like, which is kind of like a big deal because 10 years from now, if you're listening, you might not remember that like he did this special and he wanted to perform live, but like he didn't get to see how an audience would actually react to his music and then he got chipped at the emmys it's like a whole big thing um but yeah you got to see a lot of people live reacting to bo burnham watching phoebe bridgers sing that funny feeling yeah. um you also got to see a lot of people live react to the fact that bo burnham is very tall and i knew i've known this. standing in front of them at a concert so this is a fun fact about ethan and i i think we revealed this on the show before bo burnham previewed what at our university yeah. for free show Still, uh, one of the funniest single jokes I've ever heard in my life was the one he said about seeing you. <laughs> about seeing you? What's your mascot? We're the captains. captains. You can't all be captains. <laughs> Somebody's got a fucking row. The funniest <laughs> thing that anybody said about seeing you in the four years I went there. But yeah, we got, so to, we got to see Bo Burnham for free. Uh, yeah. Which was incredible. And, and that show was so... Like, what I loved about that show, about what in general... One, have you watched Inside yet, Ethan? No. I, I think you're ready. I think you need to watch Probably, it. Probably, but I've, um, I've, been, I've read 138 books. Well, it's an hour and a half. Yeah, but I don't so. watch things, is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, We'd have to recover watch, it for this show if you wanted to watch it this year. <laughs> well, we've, this is the first movie of the new year. Dune is number one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, I know. Uh, Boy, howdy. Yeah, Dune is number one. Until next week when we cover Twilight Eclipse. I have a feeling Dune will remain number one, but I'm not like... I don't think so. Sold on that feeling. (laughs) I will say in Twilight news... It won't um, be... Hey, it won't be Breaking Dawn Part 1, I'll tell you that much. That's a 100%er. Easy. (laughs) Easy 100%er. We we learned something recently. My dog's name is Stella, which is very similar to Bella. Yeah. And she runs away a lot. So, like, every time we see her, we get to be like, Stella, where the hell have you been, Loka? Stella! Where the hell have you been, Loka? <laughs> oh, he doesn't say it in the book. I, I've heard. I'm still disappointed. Uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry about that for you. It's fine. I'll survive, I guess. Let's talk about Dune. We we have we, we got off topic of Dune. I want to talk about Jason Isaacs in the nude getting chewed out by Jason Isaacs. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Not Jason, Jason Isaacs. Isaacs. <laughs> Jason Isaacs is Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> You're right. So when you were like, I want to talk about Jason Isaacs in the nude. I was like, okay. Oscar Isaac in the nude. I, I was Getting chewed out by Stellan Skarsgård. I was able to ride Rise of the Resistance last week, so I've seen his best work. Uh, <laughs> his best work. When he, when uh, he, in Stone. this movie, when he's like, I always wanted to be a pilot. I'm like, yeah, we all know, buddy. We're all aware. <laughs> Whatever you say, Poe. Yeah. Uh, uh, have you seen the sequel trilogy? Those movies are so good. Yeah, they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. Oscar Isaac is a treasure. Oscar Isaac. Um, I got to do Rise of the Resistance. I would recommend you go down to Florida just for that. Uh, mm. I value my life too much to go to Florida right now. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Florida's down on cases. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Well, 
Well, my kids are super sick. Yeah. That's the damn truth. Uh, my daughter has a disease called hand, foot, and mouth, uh, which if you listen to this 10 years from now, that's still around. Um, probably. As I would probably. imagine is COVID-19. <laughs> yes. Uh, but hand, foot, and mouth is a virus that we're not actively seeking a cure for. So, Have you gotten prob- your Pfizer and Johnson booster this year? <laughs> I have not. I, I've, I need to get it. Uh, because I was vaccinated way early, like in February. Yeah, so same. I, I need my booster. Uh, I love that the CDC is like, yeah, you can mix and match boosters. It's fine. I feel like that's like, sometimes the CDC does stuff where it's like, I really want to back everything that you say and really buy into, like, I'm, I'm pro mask, pro vax 110%. But sometimes they say stuff where I'm like, maybe you should have added a little bit of guidance well, here. The thing is, like. I, I think what people are not realizing is that the booster is just realistically just another shot, like just a third right. dose. Right. And so like at this well, point, you don't go, yeah, you're, that you're, was, that you're was totally fine to get another one. The first two doses was like, they didn't ask, oh, is this your second shot? Let me get the second shot syringe. They just gave everybody the same syringe. Uh, that's not true. No? No. They they like schedule you at a second shot time. Oh. I don't know. I don't have my card. It's gone. Oh, I have mine. I went to Manhattan and you need it to get in any building in New York. I have a, a note from my not a note but i have like a printout from carillion that i'm sure would work around here definitely would not work in manhattan yeah that was what shocked me about going up north in like manhattan and boston's like you need the vax card to get into a building yeah that's gonna be a challenge they're gonna have to come out with a more universal version of it though (laughs) there is a digital version just not a lot of people know about it do i have the digital version i thought you had to like scan your original one no they have you like registered oh okay well, that's good. I, I want they, like one. Tyler, you got the microchip, bud. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, all they, they have to do is scan you. They know where I am because of this. There's no such thing right? as a temperature <laughs> scanner. It just checks if you have the microchip or not. Um, Do you, would I, what would the microchip Let's talk do? about Dune. Dune. Um, I expected you to love this, honestly. I really did. I thought this I was going to be the kind of psychobabble garbage that you were going to be like, yeah, no, I love this like with my whole heart because it's sci-fi and because people like it. I'll tell you my text to Casey because I was talking to Casey while I watched the first half hour. Um, if I can find it, your desire—I figured your desire to be the anti-contrarian was going to lead you to love this movie. I so I very badly want to love Dune in its I know entirety. I just don't understand uh, the way you think about things. I found a series that I think I would like more than Dune that I'm excited to read, but I'm afraid to say the name of it because I'm afraid people will message me and be like, "If you like those books, you're the worst." Tyler, I just profess my undying love for the Twilight books. Sack up. Yeah, no, because like that's one thing is like Ethan really loves this campy series of books, but when I talk about books I really like, people are always like, mm, "That sucks. You can't like that." Yeah, because you and just I keep can- talking about Ender's Game, which you can't like. I love Ender's Game. Ender's, when I asked you what book you've read this year that you want to reread already, Ender's Game is the book I was thinking of. Uh, I know. I'm aware. <laughs> Ender's Game. I almost listened to it on the drive home from Disney. Here's the I thing, didn't. though, is like we've had the vampire mythos around for a long time, right? There's been a lot of vampire fiction. The way that Stephanie Meyer thinks about vampires is simply more interesting than anybody's done since at least the 60s. It's the only interesting update to the vampire myth in the modern era. That's all I'm saying. Unironically, love those books and movies. I was wrong. If I ever gave you shit for liking Twilight, I'm deeply sorry. Anyway, go on. What's the book series? Oh, uh, the first one is Red Mars, and then I think it goes Green Mars, then Blue Mars. Um, this is Hank Green approved. Is it? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, it's a very like it was a it was a an award winner like an award you've heard of like a Hugo award or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think it was a Nebula. Hugo is Nebula. So the first one won one of them, and then the second one won a different one. Gotcha. Um, I, Hugo, I believe, is like I don't I, I don't fantasy, know if it's a Hugo, but like you know what I mean, yeah. like. 
there's two big awards you've heard of, and it won both of them. But no, yeah, one books. of them, one of those books winning one of those awards was like News from Mars on. Uh, well, they're not new books. Uh, the first one came out like 1996, I think. Then maybe it was getting an adaptation or something. I don't know. But I remember Hank Green talking about them on Hank and John. They're Hank Green approved, so you're probably good. Yeah, my understanding about these books is that they're very The Martian meets The Martian Chronicles. Yeah. In that it is Mars society, but Earth science-y. Um, that sounds rad. Epic, yeah. I like and Earth so science-y. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, very excited about it. Uh, I bought the first one because it had the award on it, and it, when you see the cover, you'd be like, yeah, I'd buy that too. Um, I think it's Kim Stanley Robinson is the author, which I read the name, and I was like, ah, female sci-fi. No, it's a man. Yeah, Kim Stanley Robinson. I just read, I started reading something by him. I don't remember what. Uh, but I, yeah. So th- I'm very excited about that. Series. Anyway, t- I was texting Casey, and he said, are you guys going to review Dune? And I said, yes, I'm about 39 minutes into it right now. And so far, my review is specifically that I prefer Willow, uh, which is a Casey movie. Um, and then I said, specifically, if you're going to give me a Cold War era thinly veiled allegory, then please don't. I want an original story in my epic sci-fi. He said, fair enough. And I said, but it's good. I don't mean to crap on it. And then he said, I loved it, but it may be a situation where it's too late for some people since it's a book from the 60s. Most sci-fi since then was influenced by Dune, just like most sci-fi was influenced by John Carter, and that movie came too late. Have you read John Carter? I have not. John Carter is that like- That movie was awful, though. Yeah, but it's like the opposite. It's like The Martian meets not The Martian Chronicles. It's like less Earth science. Okay. And less Mars, and but more Mars society. Um, and then he said George Lucas was a Dune lover. I said I can vividly see where. Yeah, no, comes George from Lucas Dune. stole everything from Dune. And then I said I can see Star Wars, Ender's Game, Mistborn, all sorts of stuff coming from this. Um, Mistborn is just what I've been reading right now. But yeah, Mad Mardigan would have made this better. <laughs> have you watched Willow? No. Oh no, you I haven't. Willow. Mad Mardigan is a name I think I only know from like the McElroys. Mad Mardigan is also in uh, Ready Player One. Yeah, not as like a character, but as mentioned. Yeah. So uh, is I'm sure a lot of Dune stuff. I'm certain they go like, to I, the planet. And obviously, again, again, I've seen Dune, but it's been a long time. So like when I was watching this again, I was like, ah, I know a lot of these words from this, but not from this. Yes, I, I know a lot I've, of the words that are said in this in this movie from not this movie. I feel like Dune is one of those things that like. It's like Wheel of Time. There's there's very few great epic projects that like exist in the literary zeitgeist that haven't made it into the uh, entertainment zeitgeist. You know what I mean? And now we're yeah. going to have to deal with Dune existing as a movie and Wheel of Time existing as a TV show. Yeah. And like, I don't know that I'll ever be able to sit down and read Robert Jordan. I think you're, you'd be okay with that is the thing. Like, because I think, think they're just going to make to read Wheel of Time. I, I think they're just going to make Wheel of Time into like a TV show. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. That like gets enough. <laughs> Right, right. Like, like right. whatever you want to say about Game of Thrones, um, it's not a bad adaptation. Yeah, I <laughs> at least of the Game first of- couple books. This is weird. This is a weird side effect of Dune. Is uh, I feel like after watching Dune, I could read Game of Thrones. You could definitely read Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is very, I, very readable. That, yeah, I think that's been the the. Uh, yeah, I think I was afraid Game of Thrones was not very readable. No, Game of Thrones is an exemplary piece of fiction. Like. Not not necessarily in like a big brain kind of way, in a like it's fairly accessible kind of way. It's yeah. a lot like uh, Dune, actually. It's very it's it's very political, like internally political. Is it going to be like Rocky? Am I going to finish Game of Thrones and be like that was like watching Rocky? No, I don't think so. Is it that Cold War on the nose? No, it's not Cold War at all. Okay, it's it's more recent, significantly more recent. So it is also post moon landing. It is post moon landing, and that that changes things a lot. I like the imagination of the pre moon landing. Uh, 20th century have you read did you read uh 2001 this year i can't remember 
I Arth- is, is it Arthur C. Clarke who yeah. wrote 2001? Arthur C. Clarke is on my list of like, I need to consume everything this author has written. You need to read, you need to read 2001. I know. There was a, it wasn't a first edition, but there was like a classic copy of the yeah. second book in that series at the lake house I stayed at. I, I did not steal it. I very nearly did. I pulled it out and set it on the bar and was like, I want this so badly. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, you'll, you'll absolutely love it. it. It is literally exactly what you're talking about of like, pre-moon landing earth sci-fi yeah i'm excited like it's fascinating because it's very you know it's, it's legitimately like. cold war right like it it takes place in a world in which the soviet union always exists right into the into the into aughts. the future yeah yeah uh you know what i really like there's a weird line here but you know what i really like is hidden figures big fan of that movie okay that's nothing like dune at all no but it is earth science it but is it's also science. not so, so fiction. <laughs> this movie is... This movie has too much earth science. This is where it, it fails me. Is They, they measure things in meters. They they have earth names. They... Well, because I, I think it takes place like, like in... Cor- in our future. Yes. Like, not Coradan. the future, like, our future. Like, yeah, like I think that's why is, Duncan is, Idaho is, a, is Duncan Idaho. Right, the Coradan would be an earth settlement. Caladan, yeah. Caledon. Would have at one point theoretically been an Earth settlement. Yeah, 8,000 years ago. 8,000 years from now. Well, yeah, yeah, but like, we live 8,000 years before Caladan. Yes. To the point I think that Caladan is just Caladan. Oh, no, I don't mean like Caladan is on the planet we're on now. No, I know, I mean, but like, I'm saying yeah, like, yeah. I don't I don't think that, it, like, I think it's it's gotten to the point where like, Earth probably doesn't exist anymore. Right. At least not as Earth. Right. It has become uninhabitable. Yeah, I don't think that Earth is the center of the Imperium. No, me neither. Could be wrong. That would be a wild twist. I do remember uh, when I was a kid, I think my dad didn't. No, he definitely did. I think somebody at one point told me that Endor was Earth. Maybe they were telling me like, yeah, they filmed this on Earth. Like, obviously. <laughs> hey, I mean, Endor could be Earth. It's a moon. Well, the planet they're on is a forest moon of Endor. Yeah, but I mean, it happened a long time ago. That's true. Uh, but I like. I think when I was a kid, I was under the impression that like Earth was part of this galaxy that they were. <laughs> gotcha. That there were uh, Ewoks in real life. No, but that like that was... Like this galaxy's version of of Earth. Fair. Maybe we maybe we would look like Ewoks to them. Mm. We are not hairy though. <laughs> Says the two bearded men. That's fair. Um, yeah, I absolutely. I want to talk for a second about Stellan Skarsgård because we don't talk enough about Stellan Skarsgård in any movie he's in. Um, I think I think we could skip Twilight and go on a Stellan Skarsgård bender and just watch Mamma Mia two next week. I mean, I'd rather do literally any other Stellan Skarsgård movie, like <laughs> like like Goodwill Hunting. Or Mamma Mia too. No, we gotta figure out what we're doing one? though because we have to do Eternals the week after that. Oh man, do yeah. we? I have to see that. I mean, it's a Marvel movie. I know. I'm gonna watch it. I'm sure I'm gonna like it. I'm sure I'm gonna come out of the theater and be like, "Yeah, I gotta, it's unjustified." I gotta find time to go to the theater. Is the problem? Yeah, you get a week. I mean, there's a weekend in there. Yeah, that I'm at. I'm like at a wedding. I know. We were supposed to play D and D this Sunday, and you were like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm at a wedding," and I was like, "On a it's Sunday? also Halloween." You're at a wedding on a Sunday on Halloween? Yeah. I guess you're in like the punk scene. That's like it sacred has, it's holiday not, it's not punk a, people. Not my friend. Oh, is it Caitlin's friend? Yeah, from high school. Oh. You and then, and then her sister getting married school. that following Friday. So I'm like not in that wedding, but involved with that wedding. You have to go to Caitlin's friends from high school's wedding on Halloween instead of playing D&D with me? Yeah. Because some kind of friend you are. Well, you get I mean, engaged this, the, I was, all hey, of a sudden. Hey, I was invited to this like 18 months ago. That's a long time. It was supposed to be last Halloween. Oh, uh, last Halloween there was a virus. Yeah, deadly virus. Yeah, there was a deadly and virus. 
So I've got a lot of stuff to do between now and when Eternals comes out. And then we have, I'll be in Fredericksburg for until Sunday. And then I guess I got to come home Monday and, and see um, Eternals. Well, they have movie theaters in Fredericksburg. I'm not gonna have time to go to the movies. Hmm. Caitlin's parents also live like literally, like I couldn't go to a movie that's closer than 45 minutes away. That's wild. Yeah. What did Caitlin think of Dune, the new fiance? Um, she was unimpressed for the most part she felt like she was missing a lot kind of frustrated um uh, yeah emily sat with me for the, like the first 25 minutes and at one point she was like can you pause it i've literally been paying attention to everything they've said and i have no idea what's going on yeah and i was like yeah this and is i could i could see on. her in the in the seat next to me just kind of like yeah i don't know about this and i'm like i i can't i can't literally can't help you i, I don't know anything more than you do this is an epic sci-fi i know that gurney's probably not actually dead that's about it i know that uh i know Jason that Tim, that, that paul becomes the quiz etc i think they keep referring to one of the worms as god i don't know uh the worms yeah the worms are the god of the fremen so like the worms as a concept are the yes. god of the fremen yes i know that at the end of the movie legolas was like skating on a worm and i was like dang yeah yeah because when kind's about to die she's like i have one master and his name is shy halud yeah and shy halud is 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 the sandworms is the, is the worms yeah i like the worms yeah they're great they're i think I the also, one interesting piece of this whole thing that is like sandworms as a concept I, I, I spawned from this and i think that's a good thing yeah you don't get welcome to night vale without dune is what i really realized and that's a good thing maybe we should read dune i'm gonna read dune in January, <laughs> when I have time. Are you going to, how many books are you going to read in 2022? Um, I would love to keep doing over a hundred a year. Hundreds a lot. I've really enjoyed this, honestly. So keep doing, who's stopping? No, you? nothing. Nobody, nobody's stopping me. It's two books a week, all year. I think the, the, the reading thing, I've been thinking so much about my own mortality lately. Not in like a weird morbid way, but like 365 days is just not that many days. No, it's really not. And I think that like that's really hit home here in my late 20s uh, that like, oh man, life is very short. Yeah, it is. It's going by like, I feel like this sounds sad. I think I'm coming to peace with this reality more than I am like dreading this reality. But like it's a it's a very clear mental shift from my like teens and 20s where I was like, I'm going to live forever. Yeah, I don't want to talk about like, this. Okay. At all. We do not have this to is this. This is what I talk about in therapy. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. So my mom died when she was 62 and I'm 28. That's not. Yeah. That's 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 just about halfway for me. That's terrifying. I believe in you. I mean, I same, but like these are the things that keep me up at night. So I've also been thinking about my own mortality sort of in a morbid way. Yeah. So this is, this is what I talk about in therapy is uh, not wishing days away as much as possible. The Dune shouldn't be two and a half hours long. Yeah, Maybe that's true. It should be. No, I mean, Maybe Dune should, should be, be two and a half hours long. It's fine. I, I, I we, said to I said something interesting to Beth Regals that I don't think I had ever thought about until I said it recently. But uh, what I said to her was that every movie you've heard of is worth a watch. Like, like if that's how you watch. choose to spend your time, go for it. I just get so confounded by people like we exist in this very like we're film people, but on the, the most casual of scales. I would say that how many movies do you knock out in a year? I think I'm between 70 and 80 because of this show. If yeah. we took the show away, I would be at maybe 30. Yeah, probably. That just it hasn't been how I, you know, spend my time since I got my own free time until we did the show. And, and it's because and I love that we engage in this same. Medium. I do. 
Um, but when I go to like talk to movie people who knock out 250 a year, I, I, I think it would be easier to read that many books. I wouldn't. Well, no, I wouldn't either, obviously, but it, it like, wouldn't I be just, easier. Um, 250 like new movies, like movies that came out this year or new to you movies. That just, oh, I cannot imagine. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be nearly as far in the, the book challenge if I couldn't reread books. Yeah. I would say if I ever do a book challenge again in the future, I'm eliminating any rules against rereads. Yeah. Reread whatever you want. <laughs> If it brings you comfort, if yeah. it's, I don't, you read it three times this year, count it three times. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to try to do at least a hundred next year until it stops being fun. Right. Like until it stops. Right. Bringing me this, this innate sense of inner peace. Um, or until I actually write a book of my own. <laughs> Are you doing NaNoWriMo? I mean, I always try. <laughs> I think I'm going to give it a go. I, uh, November is such a shitty month for it is the problem. Uh, it's just short month. There's Thanksgiving right there. The yeah, and it's just like I always have action. stuff in November. I can't think of a month where I don't have stuff. So there's not like a good no, month but for like, it. but like if it was I don't know April, I'd probably do better. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a good old whirl this time around. Yeah. Uh, I want to write the whole thing on my Chromebook. Uh, I think that would be like a fun little. I'm probably not. To it. I'm probably gonna do NaNoWriMo this year as addition to something that i've already written like mm -hmm. like to, to to try to finish a book instead of start one like to I get from 25k to 75k instead of 0k to 50k i think you could do it ethan i think i could too here's my thing is if if we do it i would say if i write at least twenty five thousand words if i i, I want to shoot for the whole thing and finish a whole story but if I just write the first 25,000 words, like if I get that far into it, I'll put it on Patreon. Not as like a, like, I mean, you have to be like a patron to see it. Yeah. But it's not like a, I think this is worth money. It's, it's just like, like a, you kind of want to hide it. Right. Like I, I will put it out there for people who have engaged. You want to hide it under a bushel, but not extinguish it. Right. And I think, you know, I've been watching I Midnight that, Mass. Man. Is that good? Yeah, it's great. You'd get a real kick out of it. You think? Yeah. I uh, Maybe not quite looks, as much as me. Just because it is like Catholic, right? Yeah. It is like specifically about Catholics. But like, I think you'll get a, a good old kick out of it about the, the warped way that they use the scripture. In, oh, it's, the writing is fantastic. I believe I would like it then. Yeah, it's so good. Have you seen Squid Game? Have you no. watched that? No, uh, I, I was talking about shows with my therapist and she was like, uh, you are not allowed to watch Squid Game. It's the, I'm prescribing you're not allowed. Yeah, to I have watch very it. little. <laughs> I mean, like, I want to watch it to like engage with it or what, but I have very little desire to add that kind of negativity to my life. Yeah, right my now. understanding is the show is about like prisoners and then you get the backstory in the prisoner where like you think they're going to make you sympathetic towards them and you're like, nope, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely heard it's a very interesting um, message. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's um, fantastic. Yeah, I just have no no desire to, to put that kind of um, heavy emotion into my life right now. You got engaged. I did. Been riding that I, one for uh, five whole days. I saw that you went for a gold band and I... Uh, I did. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. I went, so like Silver's been in Vogue for a long time and, and Emily's is white gold as well. Um, I'm a big fan of the yellow band. I am too. Um, and I think Caitlin was always like white gold, white gold, white gold. And then all of a sudden she changed her mind and was like, this is what I want. And I was like, that was the exact same time. I was like, okay, let's go for it. Just like happened to line up that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, it's just, I like the traditional kind of thing. I have this, this yellow gold bracelet welded onto my arm. It's a Billy bracelet, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do them anymore. That's pretty cool. Billy's like closed. Well, they moved to Los Angeles. She had already moved to Los Angeles uh, when I got this one. Oh, wow. It was still there. They were, they, I think they like just shut down entirely. Oh, um, what was I going to ask you about? I don't know, but yeah, I do. I do love the ring. Um, she picked out a very good one. Oh, were you gonna do a gold wedding band? I am. Yeah, that's you my plan at least. It. So you don't have it. It's not like a heirloom or anything. No, I don't. I don't think my dad ever owned one. 
honestly. Really? Yeah. I have like vague, vague memories of him wearing one when I was like a a young kid. So if it exists still, I do not know where it is. I guess I'll find it if it exists when I like finally clear the house out. Um, But yeah, I mean, and mom's was just a plain gold. I have that one, but it's way, way, way too small. Well, yeah. It doesn't even fit. It goes like onto the knuckle of my pinky. Well, I, I mean, you can get your own. Yeah, no, I'm just like, I was just saying that I don't have like an heirloom, but no, I don't have it. Um, I'll probably just do a straightforward gold band. Um, I kind of want to have a wood one as well. Why is that? Just know. like you've just seen them, you cool. think they're cool? Yeah. Yeah. I would say like men's wedding bands is a market that's about to hit you on Instagram. Oh, and, no, it and, already has. Yeah. Uh, it has It has ever since I got on TikTok, honestly. <coughs> you don't get like dad bod t-shirt ads? No, I don't. I don't. I never got like uh, ads on TikTok. I got like Etsy creators. Yeah. Being like, I make men's wedding bands out of like, you know, random stuff. NASCAR piston rings. Yeah. Like, and there's some cool ones out there. There's some like, cool ones out there. Uh, I'm not a NASCAR guy. But no, but there's some could, part of me that's like, yeah, if you can make my wedding block out of the, you know, the 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 piston cylinder of a, you know, full bore Chevy NASCAR engine of, of Jeff Gordon. Like there's last some part car. of me that would think that was cool. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Do you ever catch yourself in that? If, do you ever catch yourself buying something to me and like this is for a hobby I don't have? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is a hobby I do not interested in. <laughs> I, I do not invest my time or energy into this yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> now I have this thing for that activity. Yeah. Yeah, um, like not even a useful thing for that activity. I get, uh, I love the idea of hiking. I'm big into the idea of hiking, so yeah. I end up with I like collect Sasquatch stickers for no reason. <laughs> hey, I don't hike. Hey, Marie like, Kondo would tell you that that is okay. Yeah, because they bring me joy. They bring you joy. Um, what was I gonna say? I don't know. But yes, I do get, I do get ads for Dad Bod T-shirts. That is the first. Like immediately, I will not buy your product. I swear to God, you hate your beer belly. They're they're not even. Yes, I do. I swear to God, they're not even ads for T-shirts. They are a PSA uh, sponsored by women to stop their husbands from wearing graphic T-shirts. It's got to be what it is. It's got to be. Like it's just a. It's a campaign for solid T-shirts. And it's not going to work. I was a solid T-shirt guy. It'll work. You'll be a solid T-shirt guy again in I don't know twenty four months. Well, yeah, well, it's going to come and go forever. I was a solid t-shirt guy for a long time. Currently, well, I'm every, almost... That's the thing. Is, everybody was a solid t-shirt guy for a while. Like, when we were in college, that was a whole thing, right? And then it became yeah, graphic tees, I, and then we're going to go back to solid tees, and then it's going to go back to graphic tees. Currently, there'll be some, There'll be some V-neck stage. supremacy in there. Henleys will make a comeback. Henleys never went out. Henleys have always I, been cool. I think Henleys are out. They're not out. Imagine this shirt with no collar. Uh, well, that is a d- patterned dress shirt. <laughs> It's from the old J. Crew, James Crew. Yeah, that is a patterned dress shirt. Um, and it's a full Tolkien button up. It's a full button up. It is a full button. Yep. The Henley uh, is not a full button up. Correct. It's it's like a polo without the collar and a little more raggedy usually. Mm-hmm. Made of t-shirt stuff instead of polo shirt stuff. I used to have a Henley from uh, the old Abercrombie and Fitch that was like a size small that I wore well past my size small life. You're a big like thermal shirt guy too. Love thermals. Love. I still, like I've no, nowhere to wear a thermal. No. When we boarded up with like, I go to like, I do like day job work. I have like blazers and, and yeah. double breasted coats and stuff. Uh, but when we, when we flew to London, I wore a white dress shirt with a thermal over top of it as like a sweater. Yeah. On the airplane. Yeah. Uh, I'm embarrassed of that. I'm embarrassed of that to this day. jean probably thought it was cool. I wore a cream colored sweater with leather elbow patches. It's badass. It was. I missed that sweater. It, it frayed at the, um, cause it had two, it had Henley buttons. 
mm-hmm. and it frayed at the buttons and just like opened a big hole. Irreparable. Gone to the ether forever. Gone to the ether forever. Well, we talked about Dune a little bit, I guess. Um, I think we talked about Dune a lot. It's a movie. I think we could even make a little little blips out of some of our comments on Dune. I, we're not going to, because that sounds like extra work. We could. We probably won't, but we could. We could. We could. I think we had some good quotes. I think, right. I think I will see Out of Context Bacon and Eggs quote me on Dune, and I'll be like, hey, that was, that was a good one. What movie was right I there. talking about? What, what was I talking about? That's a good one. And I'll and we'll just go on. They got a little crispy and crispy and Clyde logo. It'd be great. Ethan, I've got a trivia question for you. Okay. In the Indigo League, uh, Ash is unable to select a Pokemon at Professor Oak's office um, because they've all been taken by other kids who woke up on time. Yeah. What Pokemon was Ash going to take? Uh, Squirtle, right? Squirtle is correct. Yeah. What was his third choice? Charmander. Correct. Dang. Yeah. All right. Let me. Uh, what let me is get... the first Pokemon Ash releases from a Pokeball? Caterpie. Uh, Butterfree is released, like sent back to the wild. But Ash throws a Pokeball that has Pidgey inside of it first. Pidgey. But it is not his Pidgey. But they go to the Pokemon Center. I've been watching Indigo League. I can see Class- that. Classic, classic stuff. I'll tell you, I've been spending a lot more time with your brothers recently, and so I've start getting like ads for like Pokemon cards. Yeah, as you should. Just like all over the place and i'm like i don't have that kind of money no you should just buy booster packs well i i i don't think you can buy booster packs in roanoke virginia i think your brothers have all of them <laughs> uh i mean you can buy they currently sell them at target like you can buy them there right yeah i i, I true i think your brothers buy all of them for like the <laughs> whole city <laughs> <laughs> they buy them, I think, from distributors. They don't buy them because you can't like most of the stores won't sell you more than two packs. I, I have no idea where they get all those cards, but there's a lot of them. There's so many cards. OK, hang on. I'm doing a listener score. OK, I have a listener score. All right. Let me punch our scores in. OK, we're into the year four, which is its own exciting thing. I'll be keeping the rubric of the same. If we're not, I'm not changing it right this minute. No, we're year five. Year five is what I meant. But um, yeah, I think the, I think the rubric worked. I did too. But if we change it later on, just just write down what all the scores are for this one. Okay. So we can think about it later on. Metacritic was a 74, right? Yeah. All right. Listener score. I am ready. Uh, it is an 82. 82 listener score. 82.3. <laughs> Recap down the board. I gave it a 79. Ethan a 75. Rotten Tomatoes an 84. Metacritic a 74. Our listeners an 82. And Rotten Tomatoes audience a 91, which gives it a bacon and egg score of 79.85, which rounds up to an 80 to start year five. Uh, an 80 last year, just for reference, would have been 27th overall, beating, uh, was this 79.85, is what I said? It would have beat Cars and lost to Cinderella. Nice. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It would have beat Cinderella and lost to Easy A. Fair enough. That's Dune for you. That's Dune. Cool. Welcome to Bacon and Eggs Year 5. Glad to be back. Um, next week, we're going to cover a movie. Don't know what. Maybe it's a Twilight <laughs> movie. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Could be. Could be. Tyler, I got a, I got a, a, a thinker question for you here real quick. Okay. And stop me if you heard this one on TikTok, but I still want to know your answer. Would you okay. rather have all of your meals shot at you out of a t-shirt cannon or have to, every time you leave your house have to win your keys back from a claw machine? I have not heard this. One. I've heard the t-shirt cannon like prompt, but never in this context. Um, <laughs> Would you rather have all of your meals forever shot at you out of a t-shirt cannon 
Or I every time I, you leave your house, have to win your keys back from a claw machine. I think I would go for the claw machine. I would absolutely go for the claw machine. I think after a, a few days, you'd get very good at being at beating the claw machine. Yeah, because because when I was a kid, we went to the beach, and one time they, there was an arcade nearby that had a claw machine that was not play till you win. It was like pay to play. Um, they're all pay to play. No, there are play to play till you win claw machines. You never seen a play to you win? No, that's oh, like yeah. that Typically, defeats the whole purpose of a claw machine. Right. Typically, they're like Smarties or something in them. But this was like stuffed animals. And by the end of the week we had like one almost every item in it so i'm certain you would get very good at a claw machine and that's like a, I, a marketable skill and also let's let's think about this if my keys are in a claw machine every time i can't lose my keys you can't a you can't lose your keys b you almost certainly can't drive drunk yeah and you and you really gotta at that point because like you gotta think about like do i need to go to target right now i don't think i do i don't think i do actually you know what i'm gonna let the claw machine keep them today <laughs> uh i think it would be much easier for you to put your keys a claw machine i would wake up and be like do i need to go to work today i hate this claw machine I hate i'm this late claw for machine. work <laughs> i do need to go to work today <laughs> drat <laughs> or you'd start biking to work uh, yeah i feel like i'm taking the super 73 today uh, no that has to that starts with a key does it yeah oh man i'm taking the trek taking the taking the gary fisher taking the gary fisher <laughs> Oh, man. I missed podcasting with you, man. It was a good two-week break, but uh, it's good to be back. It is indeed good to be back in. Uh, I've saved the Dune scores. Uh, that's all I got. Anyway, that's all I got. Anyway, that's McGurney. all I got. He's Will Ashton. And for Cinemaholics.com, our music is by Vaishon Brandon. I don't know what I'm saying. Do you want to do the thing? <laughs> yes, our music is by Vaishon Brandon. No. It's not. Our music it's is by, Andrew, by Scott Bell. Our music is by Andrew Scott Bell. Um, Andrew Scott Bell music.com and our, our graphics are by Vaishon Brandon Graphite. Nope. Vaishon Designs on Instagram. Or you can find Vaishon in any video put out by Christopher Newport University for the past like 10 years. Yep. He's, he's the black guy. Yikes. We're doing great here at CNU. Go captains. Yeah. Woo. Go captains. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about what's going on when I put this shirt on. What? Oh, you talking about with the uh, with the yeah, professors with our homophobic stuff? professor? Yeah, not thrilled with her. That they refused to fire. Out, yeah, that's not great. Not, um, great. not good optics. Ooh, yeah, alma mater, we adore, right? <laughs> anyway, make it an extra production WB WBNE Podcast Network uh, for this show and more shows like it. Go to WBNE.org or search for any of our great shows wherever you get your podcasts, and now on Spotify. Um, and for another show, like, that's what I'm talking about. Here's a preview right here. Hello, my name is Mary Clay, and on That's What I'm Talking About, I'm experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time. I finished reading The Hobbit, so now I'm watching the movies. And sure, they have their ups and downs, but at least the dwarves are nice to look at. And good news, guys, the hot dwarves are here. It's Keely and Feely, and in particular, Keely's the hottest. He would be a Keely's the hottest <laughs> type, you know? Yes, the hot dwarves are here. Have no fear. That's what I'm talking about. New episodes every Tuesday, wherever you get podcasts. You could also listen to Unsobered, which is a show I don't think we talk about enough here. Julia Kendall. Here's a preview for that right here. Double preview this week. Boom. What are you going to do? Hi, I'm Julia, the host of Unsobered, badass women of history and literature. The podcast where I talk about the women that the history books, history classes, and the general public often overlook or who just get a brief mention, but we never really know the whole story of their impact on the world we live in. On Unsobered, I share the stories and histories of these badass, amazing, and strong women. And while I tell you the history we don't get from traditional history classes, 
I get more and more drunk over the course of the episode. So join me to learn more about your favorite women or to find a new favorite woman that you didn't even know contributed to one of your favorite things with new episodes every other Friday. Just like extra work for Ethan. Extra stuff to do. <laughs> extra stuff to remember to do. Fantastic. Love it. Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> anyway, he's been Tyler Carlin. I've been Ethan Etchill. Until next time. Arrivederci. Arrakis.